Welcome to the Coeur Adventist Podcast. Created, produced, and directed by the members of the Coeur Seventh-day Adventist Church. To connect. To grow. To grow. To worship. To reflect Jesus. Let's discover what we can do. Together. 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 Welcome to Interviews, where we take the time to get to know individuals in our faith community a little better. My name is RJ Henneberg, and for this episode, we are interviewing a member who is newly married. Today, we are talking with Karen Karstens Carl. And if you know Karen well, you know she has a green thumb and a passion for the marginalized in our society. Let's get to know her a little better. So Karen, how have you been surviving COVID? Let's start there. You're everyone's at home, home alone somewhat. How how have you been coping? Well, since I just got married three months ago, and it's kind of a forced honeymoon <laughs> with uh, Congra- definitely congratulations. Time by the way, oh thank you, thank so you. So what what was the official date then? March thirty. So that was in the middle of. It was right when everything was shutting down. So our plans all changed from the uh, my sister coming, Lance's children, from the guests, from the pastor coming from Walla Walla, our friends John McVeigh was going to marry us, from the food. Everything got canceled, and it ended up that just uh, it was uh, Ty Davis married us and and his wife and Lance and I so it was going to be a little <laughs> wedding it turned out to be very very tiny but that was just fine well good for you yeah extended honeymoon that's that's nice too bad you didn't have the chance to you know be quarantined in Mexico or Hawaii or something oh, we're happy to be quarantined in North Idaho yeah we've had chances to go kayaking and biking and hiking outdoors so even though we're being very careful and social distancing and avoiding groups wearing the mask, it's great to have the Idaho outdoors so available to us. I'm yeah. glad I'm not in some high-rise city with cement around, and I feel really sorry for those people who can't get out like we can. Yeah, or in summer down, you know, Southern California where it's 100 degrees. Boy, I just never yes. get any opportunity. We. We are blessed. It's it's beautiful. Yes. Nice. Well, good. Let's start. I'd love to hear your history. Um, how were you raised? Where you grew up? What what makes you the person you you are today? I guess and how that all came about. Well, I was born and grew up in North Dakota. My parents were ranchers and farmers, so I grew up in the country, riding horse. But um, there was just my sister and I, my sister Darlene. My brother, who was nine years older, drowned when, um, when he was nine. I was just a baby. So that meant that my sister and I did the farm work with my dad. So I ran combine and cultivated corn, Whoa. made hay. Um, we had cattle. We had horses. There was branding time. My mother had a huge garden, so it was a good life growing up on the ranch and and farming. 
Have you ever heard of Colm, North Dakota? I have heard of Colm, North Dakota. Really? And I know there's some Hennenberg um, <laughs> history there. In fact, I still know people who go to that church. It has a long history. Oh, cool. But that's the eastern part of North Dakota. I grew up in the western part of North Dakota. Okay. But when you go to academy, which I did, I went to Cheyenne River Academy for three years, and then you get to know the church members from all over the state. Yeah. So, um, yes, I know the Calm <laughs> Church. You're the first person who, I always throw that out if someone says North Dakota. No one has any idea where Calm is, so you're the first. That's, I do. That's great, to, great yes. to hear. Yes. Well, very nice. So you uh, went through, did they have a grade school there? or? I went to, actually, my first three years, um, a one-room schoolhouse, which was half a mile from our home. And my sister and I did walk. We, we didn't go uphill all the way. And <laughs> yeah, in was, the snow. <laughs> it, we, did, we did walk, but um, it was fine. And then they opened up the public school. They started the bus routes. So then I went to Kildare High School, grade school and high school till ninth grade, and have some wonderful uh, friends, classmates that I still keep in touch with. There were times when we would um, have sleepovers for the weekend. And so my Catholic friends and Lutheran friends and Baptist friends, sometimes I would spend the weekend with them, and sometimes they would spend the weekend with me. And some of them still talk about going to the little Grassy Butte Seventh-day Adventist church. Oh, wow. So you grew up Adventist from, from day one. Your family was... In- I, I did. Um, my parents... And my four sets of grandparents were all Russian-Ukrainian. So my grandparents all came over from Russia and Ukrainian area, Kiev and the Black Sea area. So um, they actually were Baptist and Greek Orthodox. Then my dad tells the story of how the traveling evangelists came to North Dakota on horseback and how his father, my grandpa, um, shook his pitchfork at the evangelist and <laughs> said that that Saturday was not the Sabbath and uh, told him to get off the property. But the evangelist said, Mike, you study. You study the Bible. And they did. And then my grandfather and my grandmother realized that um, Saturday was the Sabbath day, and so there is a little country church there, just a couple miles away from where the home place was, where my dad was born, and his um, 12 brothers and sisters, Whoa. and so there's a little country church, which is still going, and the cemetery is there where my grandparents are, so my grandfather and my grandmother were the kind of original Seventh-day Adventist um, founders in that western North Dakota corner. Wow. Yeah, it seems like North Dakota was just this landing spot for so many different immigrants, groups that would come over. And, you know, obviously German pockets. And, yes. And lots of... And Scandinavian pockets yeah. and, and Russian pockets. So there would be, when I went to Academy at Cheyenne River Academy, which is no longer, now it's Dakota Adventist Academy, um, there would be all the 
Russian kids, the Tachenkos and the Tarasenkos and the Dasenkos and the <laughs> Meloshenkos. But we got to know all the Germans and everybody yeah. else. It, Academy was wonderful for me. I had three wonderful years in Academy. Well, very cool. So you went to Academy there, and then what, what did you do after that? Then I went to Union College for two years in Lincoln, Nebraska, and took my pre-physical therapy. I decided early on when I was still a senior in high school that that was the direction I wanted to go. And um, so I went to Union College to get my prerequisites to be accepted into Loma Linda University in California and was accepted. So then went to Loma Linda and um, became a physical therapist. Very nice. So... You went to Loma Linda, you got your physical therapy. Where did, where did you head off to next? Is that? Well, I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to go to Thailand because just uh, as we were graduating, before we were graduating, there was a, a need and a call at Bangkok Adventist Hospital. And at that time, I had enough time to take my state boards to pass my physical therapy boards. I wasn't, I, I didn't have a job yet and I wasn't dating anybody in particular. So I volunteered to go overseas for a year. And that was a wonderful experience. So Bangkok Adventist Hospital at that time was much different than it is now. And there wasn't much of a physical therapy department Basically, it was run by nurses, and they did a lot of massage and um, hydrotherapy. We had a lot of auto accidents because they drive so crazy there. <laughs> so open wounds, and there was hydrotherapy for that. So I did some renovation, helped to um, take out all these booths, and we put in exercise mat and parallel bars and shoulder exercise and I had to do everything through interpreters. I had two nurses that spoke English and two uh, aides that did not. And I also taught a hydrotherapy class there. They had a school of nursing and students from the Philippines and from uh, Malaysia and the Thai students. So that was a wonderful year in Thailand. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Great food, for sure. <laughs> yes, I do love Thai food. It's one of my favorites even today. Yes. Yeah. Well, very cool. So you, after a year, you're like, okay, time to head back? Came back to the United States, and it was so nice to be able to brush your teeth and not have to spit out the water or worry about swallowing it. And um, I really had missed Almond Joy candies. <laughs> Those were the two things I probably missed the most. But uh, I then had a job at Redlands Community Hospital in Redlands, and I worked there for a year. And during that time, I met my husband, John Karstens, and we then, after being a, married a year later, we went to Pacific Union College. And he taught in the art department there, taught art history, and I worked in the valley, in Napa Valley, mostly in long-term care, uh, which I have always enjoyed geriatrics, and I've always enjoyed physical therapy. So 
That's yeah. where we lived for the next um, 25 years and where we had our children. Very nice. So PUC, that area is gorgeous. Like I've only, I've only been there a couple times, but boy, just, just the beauty of that whole valley and everything and, and the climate, of course. It's, it's really a beautiful area. It was a very nice move from Southern California to move to Northern California. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it was. Uh, the vineyards are beautiful, and Napa Valley is beautiful. And Pacific Union College, in the trees nestled there yeah. on the hill, is beautiful. So that was um, a good time. And we had, uh, we had for infertility issues for altogether about five years, but we finally got pregnant and had twin boys. And uh, that was, of course, wonderful until they were born. And then my one son, our one son was born perfectly healthy and our other son was born with a rare genetic syndrome, Apert syndrome. So that took the wind out of our sails. Yeah. And um, so that was my son Spencer, who passed away after three and a half months, and two cranial facial surgeries. Oh man! So, but my other son Clayton, who is now thirty-three, and still lives in Napa Valley with his wife and my two grandsons. Um, I have a wonderful son, Clayton, Clayton Carstens. Yeah. Very nice. And then, and you have another son as well. And how much younger is he then? So Trevor is four years younger than Clayton. Okay. And um, again, we went through all the infertility issues. So we feel blessed. I feel incredibly blessed to have both of my boys. And uh, Trevor lives in Southern California in Los Angeles right now. He went to Upper Columbia Academy and Walla Walla and took his nursing at Loma Linda and now works at Cedar sinai Medical Hospital. So he has been in the front lines of the yeah. COVID in LA and uh, has seen some very um, scary patients, patients who come in and they're, they're not stable after a few minutes and dealing with um, death. So I'm grateful that he is well and healthy and um, very careful with um, the precautions. And thankfully, Cedar sinai Hospital is a um, wealthy hospital, so they have the money to give keep their nurses well protected. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, what made the move up to Coeur d'Alene then? How how did that come about? Well, um, my husband had taught art history for 25 years, and he was just basically burned out. So we did an explore through the Northwest, through Boise and Seattle and Medford and Coeur d'Alene. And when we came through Coeur d'Alene, of course it was gorgeous, and at that time Trevor was with us on this explore and we were also checking out all the academies, Gem State Academy and um, Battleground, the academies in uh, Portland. 
when we came to UCA, Upper Columbia Academy, there was hands down, we just knew this was a wonderful school. And we could afford the cost of living here. Part of the reason for leaving California was the cost of living was getting out of hand for us. Yeah. So coming to a beautiful area with a good academy for Trevor, uh, my husband then switched to real estate. And um, my parents were failing in North Dakota at the time, and my sister and I had tried all the hiring of caregivers and placement, and none of these things were working. So we decided to move my parents here to Coeur d'Alene to live with us. And I took care of them for the next three years until they both passed away in 2007. Mm. Okay. And then, so you never, you never practiced physical therapy up here. That was more just down in California area? I actually did for a few years after my parents passed away. I was too busy to practice when I was taking care of both of my parents. That was a full-time job. But after they passed away, I practiced for a couple of years uh, at um, Life Care here in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, cool. So you were up here, you worked a few years, um, but things kind of soured and uh, with the marriage, how did that process, how did you cope with that, I guess? So I was married to my husband for 25 years, and uh, after we were up here for five years, he just um, was no longer interested, so... It was actually 30 years we were married, and my marriage ended very sadly. So then I became um, a single person and dealing with a single life, which had its challenges. Yeah. But I became quite involved with different uh, groups up here, uh, activity groups, hiking groups, kayaking groups, to get involved in the community and to have friendship. Uh, Worked with the soup kitchen group here at the church until that ended a few years ago. So um, through the divorce, my church family here at Coeur d'Alene Church was awesome, was very supportive. And I uh, have always felt through all of my challenges and losses in life that God is the one who has always been there for me and has gotten me through. And I know that he will get me through no matter what other thing might come. Yeah. So kind of talking about those groups, now you're, it's well known that you're a very good gardener. (laughs) Um, Is that something because, you know, you grew up on a farm and, and working the land, is that something that came naturally and you were used to it because you kind of receive that from your parents, or is that something that is more of a recent hobby? Well, I truly enjoy gardening now. When I was a kid, and we worked so hard in the garden to hoe, uh, and to (laughs) pick beans, and to pick corn, and to then freeze everything, it wasn't my favorite thing back then. So it's kind of funny how it's become something that I really enjoy now. 
And I have been with the Coeur d'Alene Garden Club here for, well, almost um, 15 plus years. So I guess it comes naturally because my dad, being a farmer, but he also had fruit trees and berries and my mom had her big garden and flowers. So I didn't realize at the time that I was gaining this information, but now I have special things that are the peonies that I've brought from North Dakota that are in my yard and hollyhocks remind me of North Dakota. And of course, rhubarb is a plant from the Northern states, North Dakota, Montana, uh, Wisconsin, that, uh, there's always rhubarb pie, and that's a favorite with my boys. They'd rather have that for their birthday than a cake. Yeah. So I gained things from growing up that I probably didn't realize, but I love gardening now. Yeah, it's funny. Katie and I talk about how when we used to live on our house off Margaret, pretty much our whole yard was just starts that we got from you and Irma. <laughs> Great. Our, and, and we loved it. Like, we'd come around and, wow, look at this. You know, it's, it's how we kind of got started. It was just generosity between you two. And, and it was, we appreciated it, for sure. And the Coeur d'Alene Garden Club here, uh, three-quarters of my yard is from the club because we share yeah. the perennials and uh, seeds. And so it's not like we have to buy everything from the nursery. It's expensive. It is. And it's a real... <laughs> It's a real self-control to walk past those nurseries now and not have plants jump in your car. Yeah. You've moved on and kind of had involvement in clubs and in church and things like that. So how, with your husband now, where, where did you guys meet? We met on Adventist Singles online. Hey. So um, I was very resistant to attempting online dating for several years when I was single. Uh, He was already online, so I guess it was um, about three years ago now, three and a half, that when I finally went on, um, the next day I had a little message from him, and we communicated a little bit with the messaging, and then uh, he gave me enough information to know that he lived in the Sonora area in California and that his first name was Lance. And, uh, of course, I have friends here at this church, uh, <laughs> Jan and Dick Lind, who lived in that area for years and went to the Sonora church. So I asked Jan, would you happen to know a Lance from Sonora, and she gave me a wonderful report. Yes, I know him. Uh, I knew his wife. Uh, he's rock solid. He's a great teacher. He's a great guy. And she gave me the complete thumbs up about Lance. <laughs> yeah, the Adventist world is pretty small, so you gotta. <laughs> yes. Well, that's great. And then he decided to move up here then. He visited the area and Fell in love with the area as well? I've... Well, not quite oh. that quickly. <laughs> uh, we dated long distance, and I would go down to California because yeah. my son, Clayton, and my daughter-in-law, Candy, live in Angwin. And then um, he would come up here, and there's quite a few friends he actually has from this church who have Sonora roots. So it took us about two years, and then we got engaged last year, and we got married just three months ago, March 30. 
yes. to a wonderful man who um, has a long, long history in Sonora as a teacher in the middle school there at Mother Lode Junior Academy and um, is well admired in his church community and his town also. So he taught certain grades then? Mostly the upper grades. Okay. But he says he has taught most all the grades through his 43 years of teaching elementary school. Yeah, that's great. He started out, he and his wife started out in um, Glendale. And um, and the reason that uh, he's single is that his wife passed away about 10 years ago. Yeah. Moving a little bit, looking at uh, more of the church side of things. I always like to ask a couple questions. One is related to this church because as members here, I, I assume you know we love our church, it's our family. Where would you like to see this church be five years from now? That is a very good question. Um, I guess it's timely because of what we've just gone through in our history with being made aware of racial um, prejudice, I would hope that this church and the church at large is now admitting and seeing that there has been prejudice, there has been racism, there is uh, things that have not been equal for women, for um, people of color, and for LBGT. So I would hope that this church would have a reputation for accepting everybody, regardless of age or ethnic origin or gender, and um, that we would be known as accepting and not um, excluding because of this reason or that reason. So that our our um, membership things are are would be equal. Our payment for women would be equal, and that we, I guess, would accept social justice has gotten a bad name that it's a political thing, but I'm learning more and more as I'm reading, even from our North American Division articles that have been coming out, that it's really what Jesus taught was social justice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You look at who he talked to and how taboo that was back then, you know. Um, and to think, okay, we're, we're having same types of issues. It's just maybe different different characters here and there, but I think Jesus would not wait for it to come. He would reach out and, and seek it out, you know, yes. seek those who are hurting for sure. So I guess, you know, and then I always go to the next question. Well, what about the world church? I'm guessing that's probably a pretty similar answer for, for world churches as well. Well, I definitely have a heart and a burden for the LBGTQ community for our world church. Uh, we are making progress a little bit with admitting that there's racism. Um, hopefully there will be more and more progress for uh, women who be able to 
be equal in pastoring and in payment, but I would really like to see that LBGTQ plus people could be accepted fully as members and not be questioned about their lifestyle any more than we are questioned about our lifestyle. Yeah. So that they would have a place to come and feel safe and with no hesitation. So I think that's really um, a long, far long goal. I, uh, I've been on a journey learning about LBGTQ+, and I know that a lot of people have not been on a journey like that. But we're finding out that most everybody has either family members, children, um, cousins, aunts and uncles, and friends. And there are a lot of people who are being hurt and turned away because we do not have the proper education about how someone is born. So I'm hoping that our church can take the time and the effort to educate themselves and not just to listen to what somebody else says. Yeah. What other ministries, I guess, do you see in this Coeur d'Alene area that you would champion? Well, there's the Human Rights Institute here in town, and they have um, different um, events And it would be nice if our church was represented. There's other churches that they have represented their pastors or clergymen. And it would be nice if our church had a representative saying that everybody is equal and loved. So that's one um, area that I wish we could have more of a presence very nice. Anything else? Well, I also um, like the idea of healthy living. And so I, we have a message to give um, about healthy living, um, even now with this COVID. You know, everything that we do really can affect our life and so our lifestyle makes a difference and i'm well aware that there's randomness in health and there are consequences in health but it is nice to know that we've been given some practical guidelines for healthy living and try to maybe still be a blue zone i hear that the the loma linda blue zone um they're saying that the older generation is the one who have done well and the younger generation have not, but maybe we could change that. Yeah. And uh, when I go to my physical therapy seminars, which I still am a therapist and have my license, I'm always amazed that almost all of these lecturers mention the Blue Zones, they mention Loma Linda, they mention the Seventh-day Adventists. Really? The negative part is that they say these were the older generation, that the newer, new, the younger generation has not done as good of a job. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Karen, for spending some time with us and 
we uh, we love your enthusiasm um, and what you bring to our church. Thank you. It's great to be part of this Coeur d'Alene church family. And it's wonderful now to have a husband that I can share all these activities with. Lance Carl is a, a gift from God, so I'm very thankful. Special thanks to Karen Karstens Carl for spending some time and letting us get to know her a little better. For more information about our church, visit cdaadventist.org.